0: What's up guys? I'm Coda. And I'm Nish. And this is Random Contacts. You left out the motherfucking part. This is motherfucking (laughs) random contacts. Coda doesn't do well with change. Uh, only (laughs) sometimes. How the hell are you buddy? Exhausted. But we're we're pushing through. We are pushing through. (laughs) It's been one hell of a week. Getting somewhere in life. Yeah. Definitely. Everything has definitely been crazy. Yeah. Like, this week, just like at work this last week and a half, stupid. hmm It's been busy. I'm just going to say this right now. Whoever decided Super Bowl and Valentine's Day could be within 72 hours of each other can fucking burn. Literally. Burn. It was the worst experience ever working in a hotel during Valentine's Day and Super Bowl it, yeah. It was awful.
1: And Crumblin everyone was, was yelling terrible.
0: at me over it, and I was just like, download Tubi. Dude, that Tubi commercial. I didn't see any of the commercials. Okay, so there's this Tubi commercial where basically it, it aired on Tubi. I don't know if it aired everywhere else, but everyone who's like, bro, bitch, watched the Super Bowl on fucking Tubi this year because it's free. Yeah. And they had a commercial where it popped out of the Super Bowl. Like, it had these two guys, the the two announcer guys talking, popped out of the Super Bowl, went down to Tubi the app, clicked in it, and then clicked on some random, like, sitcom. So many people lost their fucking shit. There are videos of men, like, beating the fuck out of their kids and their wives over it, dude. What? What? Did Tubi not know the audience? We live in America. People take that shit so seriously. Why would you? Why would you do that? People got so mad yeah. over, it. dude, just over it fucking, it, and it was like, a, it was a joke. I it was just a commercial. Wow. I fucking. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I started seeing videos about it on TikTok because I saw the commercial and I was like, oh, ha ha. You know, yeah. that was funny because I'm a normal fucking human. Yeah. Like my husband didn't freak out. My dad didn't freak out. We were all just like, ha ha You know, it yeah. was funny. There were people who had fucking meltdowns, freaked out on their kids, grounded their kids, fucking like. Dude, literally, I have not been mentally okay for like the last week. And so, TikTok, I have not been there. TikTok, I have not been there. No. <laughs> My mom sent me like four TikToks the other day. And I was like, I don't know if I'm mentally okay enough to be on TikTok right now. Like, uh, no. I don't even think that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm good. I don't blame you. I'm good. <laughs> I don't blame you. Plus, February is just, like, it's a lot. Because they smush so much into the shortest fucking month of the whole year. And in the first two weeks. And then I've got all these birthdays, bitch. Yeah. My dad's birthdays, Abby's birthdays, Coda's birthday. Plus all the other people that we know in our lives that have birthdays in fucking February. Those are just, like, the three most important ones. We got Valentine's Day. Fucking, it's just. It's stupid. It's dumb. February is one of the fucking craziest months of the year for us in my family. I don't know about y'all's, but I just hate February. I don't have a shout out for this <laughs> episode, so I apologize for that. If you guys have a small business and you want a shout out, you know how to get a hold of us. Yeah. It's.
1: Um, i You have
0: contacts nine at gmail.com. Or you can, like, if you know us personally, just message us. Literally. We need some more shout-outs. I, I ran out again. I'm working on one with another podcast right now. You guys get to know about that later, but we're putting wordings and shit together and just, like, you know, doing the podcast thing, so. You could go show um, the podcast It Is What It Is, Some Love. The creator of that podcast is going through something intensely medical- and she was actually getting ready to relaunch her podcast. And because of all of the medical issues that she has going on, she's actually holding off on it. Totally understandable. Yep. Koda and I really just jumped headfirst into this podcast. We were like, hey, should we do this? Yeah. And then we did it. Yeah. So, by the way, if you guys hear any, like, random talking or f- little feet stomping... Or, like, my husband in the background. We're filming in my room. It's so. motherfucking cold outside. It is so cold outside. My husband's just chilling. It's my little sister's birthday, and she's having a little sleepover. So, we're just chilling. Yeah. My honey's chilling. Where are you going? Talk He's, ab- He's, about. About. He's, He's abandoning us. The children. He's abandoning us. Apparently, he's not hanging out down here anymore. He's going to go upstairs, which I was fine with him hanging out down here because he just listens in sometimes. Literally, yeah. Sometimes you guys don't hear him, but he's here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always here. I'm always watching. <laughs> always watching. I fucking love that movie. Same. But. but what, are we do- what are you telling me about this week? Because I kind of know about it, but I don't really know about it, so... This is definitely like a like a Hollywood scandal. Love that. Um, love triangle. Love a good love triangle. So uh, and is is it's sad. It, it is sad and I got very intrigued by this um like two and a half three months ago watching a random documentary Love that. and she was just kind of like slightly brought up in the documentary and i can't remember what it was i've been trying to find it for like two weeks now what the documentary was that i like triggered this <laughs> but i've been on a fucking roller coaster ever since you guys um we're, i'm gonna be talking about dorothy stratton today she was a playboy bunny from canada a eh? don't get mad at me that oh i just God. said that don't get mad at me that i just said that um, but first, oh, you're, you're American. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> um, I did want to have a, a moment of silent silence for, um, Michigan State University and the shooting victims, um, on the 13th of this month, three students and I believe, um, five other students, three students passed away and five students were, um, injured, um, the the students that passed away were brian fraser alexandria burner and ariel anderson um the shooter killed himself so Pussy. yeah absolutely what a bitch move <laughs> um but i just wanted to like have a moment of silence for them it just happened it's very fresh and it, it's always sad when this type of thing happens so really sad situation and we hope all the families and loved ones and friends can heal and get therapy sending all of the prayers it's really sad situations i fucking it's a sad situation when somebody's taken away and you have no control none and a lot um the whole school was like traumatized by this they all got put on lockdown locked in their dorm dorm rooms and just really sad situation um, just sorry to everyone that was involved. We hope you're able to heal and, you know, move on from the situation. Did you go get some cake? My husband's eating cake. And a toga. <laughs> and he- <laughs> <laughs> With his podcast nipples out. Just one singular podcast <laughs> nipple. Like? He made a toga out of his blanket. How you like that Bavarian cream in your mouth? Is it smooth? Mm. <laughs> All right, you get know. back to the corner, sir. on. So so <laughs> yeah, helmet. But we are going to be talking about Dorothy Stratton today. Interesting. Um, Dorothy was a young, adventurous, beautiful girl who had a lot going for her at a young age. Don't drop my water because that shit will spill everywhere. I told it, it was so close. <laughs> <laughs> um she was born in vancouver british columbia which is in canada like i said um february 28th 1960 um yeah she is a pisces just, that, <laughs> fun fact fun fact dorothy was a pisces um she was born to simon and Nellie Hookstratten. Um, and she obviously, when she went to Hollywood, she shortened her name to Dorothy Stratton instead of Dorothy Hoop Stratton. Um, they soon after had a son, John Arthur, and her father actually abandoned them, took off with another lady. Her mom found another husband, and they had her final child, Louise, in 1968. It's me, Louise. It's me, Louise. Um Sadly, though, that guy was a dick, too, and he uh, put his hands on John, so the mom left, and she was a single mother of three living in a not-so-great area of fucking Vancouver. And at that point, Dorothy was, you know, big sister, daughter, and friend to everyone in her life. Everyone who knew her described her as a wonderful girl with a smile that could melt anybody's heart, but she was always... In almost every article you read about her, every book, every movie, she was always described as very naive. Hmm. Um, she was kind. Most of the time, she was too kind. And at a very young age, she began working to help her parents make ends meet, to help her mom make ends meet. Yeah. Um, her and her family were far from rich. And at 17, on top of going to high school, she was working part time at Dairy Queen. <laughs> like that's the american girl job i don't know i don't know very many like cheerleaders in high school that didn't dip fucking cones at dairy queen it's true so um looking back at pictures of her she was never ugly ever but she didn't see herself as beautiful she was picked on a lot in school but you know in like i really think a lot of it was a a jealousy thing because she really was the girl next door she had the long blonde american girl hair she had the cute face um but she was bullied in school for being too tall and having too big of lips in today's fucking world i was gonna say in today's world everybody's getting lip injections the fuck that's what everybody wants and like looking at pictures of this girl of uh, she was she died at 20 so of this woman she's beautiful dude beautiful the fact that she ended up where she was she was going places in her life um but she really didn't she didn't see herself as the one-of-a-kind gem that she was she really had self-esteem issues and there's articles where or interviews with her where she was like yeah the whole time i worked in dairy queen I just kind of threw my hair up in pigtails and went to work. I didn't do my makeup or anything because I didn't really fucking care. Valid. She she didn't care. And she never really got the attention from guys that girls around her got. And I don't know how. Coda's looking at pictures of her right now. She was. I do not understand how, like, she is really pretty. Always. She's always been really pretty. Even if you look up pictures of her when she was younger, she's always been very gorgeous but at 17 she's working at dairy queen and paul snyder strolled into the ice cream scooping, and he scrolled into her ice cream scooping job and he paid her a lot of attention and she was kind of taken aback by it but um i just want you guys to keep in mind that he was almost 10 years older than her nine yep. years and like 10 months older than her basically 10 years older than her Jesus Christ. and yeah so he was a 26 year old man and he was dressed like a club owner straight out of a bad 70s movie like <laughs> this man quite literally held john travolta look-alike <laughs> i do you, you laugh but if you look up a picture of paul snyder oh yeah you will know exactly what i'm saying oh, um I do. he wore a big gold chain that had the star of David on it yep. that was like blinged out with diamonds yep. <laughs> he fucking had big rings a minx fur coat and he drove a black fucking um, sports car so like imagine yourself at 17 working a part time job after 8 hours in school everyday to help ends meet and meeting this man that presents himself as a super well off taking care of person would you have been interested? If you say no, you're a fucking liar. No shit. Or you've just never been dead broke. <laughs> I'm, never, yeah, no shit. I, I can't imagine anyone in her situation not taking interest. when, Because yeah. he, he just strolled in with his friend one day to get some ice cream. And he fucking, he was very taken with her. Now, Paul, from a very young age, had a hard life. And like our good friends at Morbin... We're, we're not friends with them, but I want to be friends with them. Um, like our good friends at Morbin like to say, morbid. I was going to say, what the morbid. fuck are you trying to say here? I can't talk right now, apparently. No, you can feel bad for past little tiny child, yes. Paul. You may feel bad for him, but you cannot feel bad for adult him. There is no excuses for no. what he does. Um, growing up, he was an orphan. He dropped out at a very young age. I I couldn't find the exact grade that he dropped out in. Some said seventh grade, some said eighth, but basically middle school. The end of middle school, he dropped out and got a job. And he was always very insecure because he was a lanky, skinny dude. So in his teen years, he took up bodybuilding. And this dude beefed the fuck up. We're talking like little man syndrome. It was like the dude from the concert. <laughs> I'm like, you want to fucking crowd surf? Oh like, my God. I'm a big man. I can do this. Fucking, he, he has self esteem issues. And so he brought himself up to be a con man. Um, He, he did. Talk. Absolutely. He did um, clubs. He opened clubs. He did promotions for clubs. And he was a pimp. He took advantage of young girls and he pimped them out. Not a good guy um as far as all accounts go dorothy did not know that he was a pimp for a majority of their relationship especially in the beginning um he left and later on she just she just basically was like yeah i never thought that i was going to see him again i just thought it was one of those yeah small town girl flirts with a guy in her job and then he leaves and goes back to wherever he came from but he got his blizzard fix and he wasn't done yet he called her work and asked her boss for his number to which the boss said no get fucked Thank you're a bag. and her boss told him or told her you know i don't think it's a good idea if you get involved with this guy he's a weasel yeah and there are so many accounts of people calling this guy a weasel calling him yeah. a snake um but he ended up getting her number from a co-worker he called her and he asked her on a date to which she agreed that is exactly why i tell my employees don't fucking give out people's information exactly um now before you pra- passed a judgment on this girl please keep in mind she was 17 and She's he a was child. he was almost 27 that is She's nine years a child and on top of that, Paul was known to be a master manipulator and narcissist. One of his favorite nicknames that people called him in Canada, all around British Columbia area, was the Jewish pimp. He like took pride in that name, and he spent years making his money off of bad deals and using women for their bodies and looks. He know he knew exactly what he was doing when he walked into uh, into Burger King, <laughs> when he <laughs> walked into Dairy Queen. And saw her. Oh, yeah. In fact, the friend that he went with said that he looked at him and said, you know what, guy? I think I can make a lot of money off of her. What do you think? So from disgusting. From the get-go, Paul wanted to get his meal ticket off of her. Um, he took zero time trying to make money off of her. But he did start off by pampering her. He would buy her makeup. He would buy her new clothes. He paid some bills for her mom. He bought her a prom dress and took her to prom. What? What the fuck business does a 26-year-old have taking a 17-year-old to her prom? If you are old enough to rent a car, you are too old to go to fucking prom. Yeah, what the fuck? and i am not someone who judges people off of age because my husband is older than me you know what i'm saying but there comes a point there comes a point where it's wrong and she was young and naive she was too young and naive and he knew it he knew it he took her to prom he bought her all this stuff and why do you guys think that was because he didn't want her to be able to leave him. Yeah. He didn't want her to be able to separate from him. Yeah. He wanted control. He wanted to be able to say, well, look at what I did for you. Yeah, exactly. Look at what I'm doing for you. Look at how good I am for you. He like he wanted to glamorize those, like, special moments and those important moments to her as a teenager so that later it it couldn't come back. Absolutely. And he was good at it. And she truthfully believed that a lot of the things that happened in her life, she owed all to him. Um, but like I said, he took very little time trying to make money off of this young minor. He love bombed her and told her every day how she was going to be a star. He was going to make her into a star and she wholeheartedly believed him, but it wouldn't be so easy for him to talk her into posing naked Uh in front of a camera. So he took her in that prom dress that he bought her and had professional photos taken of her. Okay. She knew the photographer and he took those photos and he sent them to another photographer that he knew that knew Playboy, that knew Hugh Hefner. Mm -hmm. So that photographer was like, yeah, I will come and I'll take some pictures of her. And it took him weeks, maybe even months of pestering Dorothy. And he finally convinced her to take photos with this photographer and the photographer was later quoted saying that she cried in the beginning of the shoot, but after a while, she just wanted to get what done, what needed to be done, done, and she said, do whatever you need to do. Make the pictures look good. Um, this was wow. a huge jump away from her religious family's views, and In order for Paul to be able to even get these pictures printed out, Dorothy had to convince her mother to sign a waiver stating that it was okay for her to be photographed. Because the legal age of consent in British Columbia still to this day is 19, and Dorothy had just barely turned 18 a few months before the initial shoot. Damn. Even with her being really uncomfortable, um, they took some really good pictures in their eyes. Me personally, she was a baby. Yeah, she looked a like a baby. Um she was underage at the time, but in 1978, Paul sent those pictures into the one and only Hugh Hefner or Playboy, um the official man of fucking Playboy. Literally. For the 25th Great Annual Playmate Hunt. So if you guys don't know what that is, I don't think they still do it, but way back in the fucking day, they had this big thing where girls from all around the country would send in their headshots for their chance to become a playboy bunny, Hugh Hefner started his everything mm-hmm. off of the woman image. Yeah. Um, personally, I have never liked Hugh Hefner. I there have been uh, there's always been rumors and speculation and stuff getting tossed around through Hollywood about quaaludes and drugs and him drugging women for his rich buddies for him for of him i'm just saying I, you would have to be drugged to be any sort of young 20 year old to sleep with hugh hefner that old ass prime. bag of nasty it like even in his prime time he was still 50. in the 70s yeah he, he was 50. he was old and the fuck? a no. lot of a lot of hugh hefner's friends were quoted saying when he was younger He asked one girl out to prom. She said no and went with his friend. And he changed his whole outlook on life. He became a man whore. (laughs) He changed... No, not even that. He changed the way he dressed. He changed the way he acted. And he became a businessman. Okay. Hugh Hefner, I don't know if you have watched it. But one of the things that I watched for this which it only talked about dorothy stratton for about a half an episode in this but i still binged it in like 24 fucking hours but it's called secrets of playboy and it's on hulu yeah i've seen bits and pieces it's really fucking good it's really good and i'm gonna be honest with you i believe every single one of those women i believe every single one of them that is on that show talking about the abuses that they went through. Oh, yeah, you know there was abuse. Absolutely, and it was awful. Those women were abused, they were used, and they were not protected. Well, even just, like, looking at Hollywood in that time, women were abused regularly. Absolutely, and it came out, he, he obviously Hugh Hefner died. Yeah. But it came out that he had thousands and thousands and thousands of videos of revenge porn. Yeah. On almost every single playmate. I believe it. Every single one of them. be And he had cameras all throughout his mansion. Yeah. He knew what was going on at all times. Cameras, audio. You could not go anywhere without being on camera in that mansion. Especially if you went in his room. Every single playmate that went in his room was videotaped. Yep. Whether he had their consent or not, he was videotaping them. He was a nasty, foul, nasty old man. I'm a hustler girl. I like Hustler. Fuck Playboy. I'm going to say that right now. But (laughs) um, he sent those pictures off to Hugh Hefner, and he was absolutely taken with her. He wanted her. Absolutely. He wanted her flown out immediately. So in August of 1978, Dorothy was contacted about going to the Playboy Mansion. She was flown to California. First time she had ever been on a plane First time she had ever gone that far away from home and she was moving to fucking California that's insane. to go to the Playboy Mansion. That's insane. In that day and age, that was the fucking dream. Oh, yeah. 1,000%. That was exactly what the dream was and that's what everybody wanted. That every young girl mm-hmm. wanted to go do Playmate because that it was shown as an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was shown as one of the only ways that women could work in that day and age without being a teacher or a fucking secretary or a nurse. Or trying to go make it in Hollywood. Exactly. And that was a big ticket to Hollywood is what they were selling it as. Um, But she was flown to California to shoot some headshots for the Playmate of the Year awards. um, And she got to spend a lot of time alone at the mansion. In that time, everyone got to know her and everyone loved her there is not one single account of someone not liking dorothy strap not one i've been researching this for two months i did not find one person that's had something negative to say about her that's impressive no shit especially at the ripe age of 18 yeah that's i was a bitch at 18 yeah me too So, everyone said that she had the potential of a star, and everyone loved her, including Hefner, who had been later accused of raping Dorothy in the mansion's pool grotto. No actual hard evidence ever came out about it, and he always said that it wasn't true, of course, but with everything that happened, with how many people got drugged, in that mansion with how many rape accusations happened and how much sexual assault happened on that property and all the other properties like them. I, I believe it. I truthfully do. Dorothy never came out to the public and said it, but it was a few close friends of hers and a bodyguard of Hugh Hefner who came out and said that that's what had happened. Um, so I, I do believe it. Um, I really do. And a lot of people believe that that's why she didn't end up getting Playmate of the year because initially she just told him, no, she didn't want to have sex with him. In October of 78, Paul moved to California. And at this point, he was pissed off because he wasn't initially invited. Mm <laughs> hmm. And I want you guys to all remember at this point, both him and Dorothy are not citizens of the United States. They are citizens of Canada. Yeah. Dorothy later ends up getting her citizenship, her work visa. But the only reason that Paul gets to stay there is because he's there with Dorothy. So he gets there and he wants to start taking control of everything. He wants control of her finances. He wants to know where she's at. He follows her around everywhere. And Hugh Hefner hated him oh i'm sure yeah hugh and all of the other bunnies hated him and there was actually a point in time where he got caught making out with another bunny and he was kicked off property and told you are not allowed to come here unless you are with dorothy that pissed him off (laughs) so at this point he started pressuring her to marry him he wanted to make sure he was going to get her money i think i've heard this actually now that you're talking about the marriage and all of that yeah yeah so they later got married she gave in after Mm -hmm. a couple of months of being like no i don't think i'm ready for this i'm too young but she didn't want to fight with him anymore so in june of 78 they got married he met her months before this in 77 yeah Dorothy didn't win the bunny hunt, like I had said. Um, She came up second to Candy Loving, which, if you don't know who Candy Loving was, she was beautiful, and that was actually her real name. Interesting. I I thought that was really cool. I heard that on a couple different podcasts, and I was like, no way, there's no way that was really her name. That had to be a stage name. No, that was her fucking name on her birth certificate. Wow. That girl was meant to be a star. Yeah. That's a star's name right there. Her mama knew what she was fucking doing. Um, but she did win Miss August in 1979, which is basically she got to do a shoot. She got to do a centerfold for the Playboy Bunny calendar. That's a big fucking deal. (coughs) That's a huge deal. Very much so. And this set Paul off a little. He started to see that she was the spotlight, not him. And he was getting none of her attention. Boo hoo. He didn't fucking like it. And Hefner reportedly, like, he told her, like, you need to stop talking to this guy. You need to get yeah. a divorce. He is not healthy for you. Um, But she didn't listen. She had a soft spot for him. She always talked very highly of him, actually, especially in the beginning of their relationship. She, after winning... Uh, miss august or um the centerfold for august yeah she got a bunch of movie roles like small movie roles one of them is galaxina which literally i watched it the other day it is fucking (laughs) hilarious it came out in 1980 and she is like a robot on a spaceship for like space cowboy police i love that (laughs) there's aliens and like Three boobied women, and it dude is fucking hilarious. I watched it the other day and I laughed my ass off. That's awesome. So, I i do say it, like, go watch it, it's pretty fucking funny. Um, but her last movie that she was in was They All Laughed, and it was a romantic comedy by Peter Bagdanovich, which he is like a huge director, especially back then. Not so much you know now, and these days he died in 2022. But he was a huge director. He directed all kinds of movies. And he was really close friends with Hugh Hefner. Hmm. He had met Dorothy at a uh, Playmate skating party at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Um, and he automatically said like how much he thought she was beautiful. How in love he was with her. Um, how taken aback he was with her. And he wanted to put her in a movie. So wow. he put her in They All Laughed. And she got that that was at the very beginning of 1980 um that was pretty that was gonna be pretty big for her she was literally starring next to john Ritter wow huge fucking name yeah. especially fucking back then but um it's just it's, she was starting this and she was spending more and more time away from paul and he hated it he hated it. Um. So at this time, she's going to New York, and she has all of her shit going for her. She's filming for her movies, and she spent like like it was a lot. She spent the first three months of 1980 doing her Playmate of the Year shoot. Um. She did. She finished Galaxina. Um. And that was in all in Southern California, and. <sighs> Snyder was so controlling that he was like, all right, well, I guess if I can't be with you all the time, I'm going to be your chauffeur. So he started driving her everywhere. What the fuck? Um, When she stopped allowing him to do that, she had to call him between every set and tell him what was going on. Um, And while she was doing all this, he was doing bum squat. He was not making any fucking money for them at all. Um, The only notable things that I saw that he did, I thought it was really funny. He did a wet t-shirt contest. He did a wet underwear contest and he did something else, which was actually notable, which was actually a lot of people wouldn't know about this. I didn't know about this. Uh, A lot of people that do research into this case didn't know about this, but he met a man at a nightclub and he pulled his Bravo, you know. He's yeah. wearing his Minx coat. He's driving his sports car, that, the new sports car that Dorothy bought him, by the way. <laughs> um, and he starts up this club with this man. And he tells him, hey, you know what would be a really good idea? Male strippers. You know? For the female eye. You know, it's 1980. Women have needs, too. Huh. You want to guess what that club is called? Chippendales. Absolutely. fucking Wow. Dorothy actually came up with the cuff and collar idea for Chippendales. You know how that's like their signature a, clothing? Yeah. She came up with that. She was like, hey, look, this is kind of like the Playmates. Yeah. And so Snyder was like, yeah, absolutely. He took that idea. He ran over to the owner of Chippendales and was like, hey, look at this. Well, there were two main people... Um, for Chippendales and right now I'm drawing a complete fucking blank on their names there was the choreographer and there was the owner and his wife and the owner seriously we could do a fucking episode on him Wow, crazy he was from India he moved to California and worked in a gas station for years and saved all of his fucking money every single penny that he could like dude ate fucking food from the gas station that was expired because he was saving his money and then he went and bought a club And he became the owner of of Chippendales. And his story is crazy. He ended up killing himself. But he ended up noticing, like, Snyder's kind of crazy. Like, I went in on this with this dude, but he's all over the fucking place. He doesn't listen to me. He's throwing random shit out. And he's nasty. He wanted to be the the announcer. He wanted to be the guy that talked Chippendales onto stage and whatnot. But he was nasty he said disgusting things that like turned the women off so at this point they decided to cut him out they were like you're not a part of this anymore we're not putting your name on any of this and that's why nobody really knows that he was a part of that he really did help start up chippendales wow but when they started getting popular they were like dude fuck off you are unbalanced you need um you need on medication like (laughs) you need something (laughs) So that really started his crazy cycle downfall. And at that point, he wanted to completely control Dorothy. And she was like, no, thank you. I'm really not interested. I'm going to keep doing this. You know, like, I love you, but you need to kind of give me a little bit of space. Yeah. So he's pissed off. He's in their house in California, and she goes out to New York to film the movie They All Laugh. Okay. During this shooting period, she does begin having an affair. With who? Peter Bogdanovich. Ooh. So it was very kept on the low that they were having an affair. Not very many people knew about it, but Paul started to notice... Dorothy not calling as much. She stopped saying I love you back to him. And it all just kind of slowly started coming to him like I wonder if she's doing something. Yeah. So he hired a private investigator. Okay. To go and see what was going on. And not too long after he hired this private investigator, Peter found out. (laughs) And he told Dorothy. And he was fucking pissed about it. So Dorothy writes him a letter. Yeah, homegirl was done. She didn't even call him. She wrote (laughs) him a letter. She said, you can wait three to five days. Basically saying, we are separating financially and um, physically. I no longer want to be in this marriage with you anymore. Good for you. He gets this letter and flies off the fucking handle. He calls her, calls her, calls her. Every time she answers, he's screaming at her. Um so she stops taking his calls and he tells this private investigator like I need you I need you to figure out what's going on. So the private inv I he he basically he goes out, he watches her and he obviously gets some evidence on her that she's having an affair. Yeah. Um they had been recently planning to do a, ca- a like a a poster of Dorothy. So Paul was like, all right, well, if you're going to leave me, then I need to make at least a little bit of money off of you. So he went he got these print, pictures printed out from the photographers that they shot with for this um poster that they were planning on doing like 6 months earlier. And instead of him showing her, he was like, you know, maybe it'd be better if these photographers went and they went to New York and they showed her these pictures, you know, because he was going to get a cut of it if she said yes. Which the photographers had to get her permission. Right. If she said yes, he was going to get a cut of it. And they were looking at like $300,000. And in that time. Damn. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. That's a lot of money now. But like. Try. That's like a half a million dollars nowadays. If not more. Yeah. Easily. So. He sent these photographers out. And they go to the hotel that she's staying in. That Snyder thinks that she's staying in. Mm. But the hotel staff says. Oh no. She checked out couple weeks ago damn and so these people you know they find her they go to peter bogdanovich's suite and she answers the door in her pajamas and they said she was shocked that they were there she did not expect anybody to be there and she told them you know like i would invite you in but i've got people inside yeah obviously that's like dude my fucking. My dude's in here. I don't want you coming inside. Like, yeah, this is fucking awkward. What are you doing here? So she stood out in the hallway and they showed her these pictures. And the photographer said they thought that she liked them. They thought that she was going to go for it. She was basically in a ski outfit and some rollerblades. And she was like, okay, give me a second. She walked back in the hotel. She came back out a few minutes later, gave him back and said, I don't want it. I don't want them." Damn. Um, So, they went back and they told him, like, she's not doing it. And he was, Paul was pissed. He was even more mad at this point. So, he now knows she is with Peter. And he starts emailing Peter, emailing her. Like, he's telling Bogdanovich that if he just gives Dorothy back to Snyder, he'll forgive him. Everything will be forgiven. (laughs) If you just give her back. Those were his words. Literally talked about it's not this a girl. Movie. Talked about this girl like she was a fucking object. Yeah, he had no regard for her feelings anything. He was pissed that he was not going to be making money off of her anymore. He had no more financial fucking control over this girl. Wow. What a piece of shit. Um at this point he's spiraling even more so he starts talking to his friends about some crazy shit um dorothy is basically asked by peter and hugh hefner like please don't go around this man yeah um he's a pimp he's crazy he is off of fucking his rocker please don't go near him let us deal with him let the fucking lawyers deal with him deal with him through your guys's lawyers yeah like that'll be easier But Dorothy, being the naive and sweet girl she was, told everyone, I still want to be friends with him at the end of this. I fell in love with Peter. I don't want to be with him anymore. But I owe everything to Paul because he found me. He sent my pictures in. She wanted to still be friends with him. She was groomed into thinking that the only reason she was where she she was is because of Paul. So, she truthfully did feel bad, and she didn't want to leave him with nothing. And she had a plan to give him money. So, they met up um, August 8th in the 80s. In 1980s. The eighty, In the 80s. That in sounds 80. so long ago. Fuck. So, what? Was... Late 1900s. Fuck, dude. 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah dude imagine that like she would be 60 right now if he hadn't have killed her yeah crazy to think about but she went to their house that they had been renting together with a man that was a doctor um and another girl she hadn't been living in, in a lot for a while but he was still staying there with the doctor and the girl and they had a talk And Peter had taken it or not Peter. I apologize. I knew I was going to fucking do that. Paul had taken her asking if they could have a conversation as she's coming back to me. I finally got her back. She's going to come back. And if she's not coming back, she will after this conversation because I'm going to get her to come back. So she goes to have a conversation with him. And all it is is I don't want to leave you with nothing. I'm willing to give you some money But I've fallen in love with somebody else and I don't want to be married to you anymore. We are getting a divorce. She packed up the rest of her things and she left. Peter freaked the fuck out. (laughs) Not Peter. Fuck. Paul. Paul. God damn it. I knew I was going to do that. (laughs) I knew somewhere in the podcast I was going to start mixing up their names. I'm going to start saying Peter and Snyder. Snyder freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Pissed. So he goes to a friend. He says, hey, buddy. Can I borrow your shotgun? Always saying no. You should if you're a responsible person. But this friend was like, yeah, buddy, here. <laughs> Snyder went and sat outside of Peter's house with this shotgun for hours, waiting for anybody to come on or off the property, come out the door, try to get on the property. He was going to kill them. Oh my God. He had it set in his brain, he knew what he was going to do. But he's lazy and he would have been a terrible fucking hitman because after a couple hours he got tired and he left. Uh, Obviously, this fucking guy. Yeah, this idiot that gave him a gun must have came to his fucking senses because he was like, hey, man, like, I think I need that back. Can you please give it back? So Snyder had to give the gun back and he wasn't very happy about that. Of course not. So he went to his private eye and he was like, hey, man, can you give me a. Automatic machine gun? Oh my god. Just for home protection. Yeah. Okay. That's all I need it for. Because obviously, you know, I'm not a, a citizen of the United States. I can't go buy my own gun. So will you go get it for me? His private eye saw straight through that shit. Yeah. He said, no. Whatever you're thinking about doing, don't do it. Whatever you're thinking about going and doing, please do not do it. How about we try to have a conversation with Dorothy. We'll put a wire on you. We'll get her somewhere and they're saying that she'll always take care of you and then we'll take that to court and she will be obliged. Like They were going to find a way to make it to where she had to pay him. I was going to say she's obligated. Yeah. But at this point, Snyder had his mind made up. He was like, no, it's okay. I'm good. And started looking on newspaper listings different articles and in a newspaper anywhere in the classifieds because you know it was the fucking 80s in the classifieds he finds a sawed-off shotgun i don't know okay there were differing accounts if it was a sawed-off shotgun or if it was just a regular shotgun it was a shotgun okay he gets a hold of the guy the guy agrees to meet up with him um he drives out to go get it and he can't find the place (laughs) So he goes back home, Idiot. he gets back a hold of the guy, and the guy just didn't take the sign from fucking God, I guess, and went and met him at a construction site the next day where he showed him how to load it, what the bullets look like, and how to shoot it. Okay. They separated ways. It's the fucking 80s. Yeah. They didn't sign any paperwork. Nothing. No. Um, he takes the gun home. And he starts talking to his friends, hanging out with his friends, being very happy. Every single person who saw him from August 9th to August 14th said that he was so happy. Because he knew. Um, But he then started talking to some of his friends about some weird shit. He brought up another um playmate who had died in a car wreck the year before and how sometimes big stars die before their movies come out um and there's it's just sad because there's nothing that anybody could do about it and his friends kind of thought this was you know a little weird but they didn't think too much into it right they didn't think he this guy that we've known for this long is gonna go fucking crazy and August 14th, Dorothy goes to their house that they shared together. Um, she just wanted to meet him.
1: Really glad you to... just hit
0: that. <laughs> yeah, buddy, this is great. But it doesn't taste good. Um he they they had to get together um so that she could basically talk to him about what she was gonna do okay. they ended up finding um eleven hundred dollars in cash in stratton's belongings wow um she was gonna give it to him she spent the, she spent that whole month that whole morning why can't i fucking talk tonight she spent that whole morning talking to her business manager and her lawyer about how much money she was gonna pay him and they ended on $1,100 to start with so that she could get her stuff out of the house. Yeah. And she brought it to him as a down payment. Um, Snyder's two roommates had left that morning. So they were alone when Stratton got out of her car, locked the door, and walked into the house. Um <laughs> by the appearances when the cops got there she had spent a little bit of time in the living room because that's where they found her purse and her keys okay but when the roommates got home they didn't notice anything different they thought maybe the couple had made up because her car was still there it was 11 o'clock at night And the door was closed to his bedroom and there was no yelling. And he's the one of the the male roommates said like they had been fighting continuously. So the fact that they were quiet, he thought that they made up. He thought that everything was good. But Snyder's private eye was around the block for hours trying to get a hold of him, calling his phone. Snyder had picked up the phone one time right before Dorothy showed up. I told him, no, everything's fine. You know, I'm good. I'm not going to do anything. But his PI was still like very iffy about the whole situation. Well, yeah. He, I think, knew that he should have fucking said something. He knew that when Snyder asked him for that gun and started talking erratically, he should have went to the right people. Yeah. Because if he would have. This could have all been stopped. One thousand percent. It could have all been avoided. Um, so he had called him a couple times, like twelve times after that initial phone call, and he couldn't get a couple twelve times. It probably wasn't twelve. I don't know the exact number. He had called him a few times, a few times trying to get hold of him was not getting an answer. So at this point, he called the doctor, which was the roommate. And he had tried to get the female to go in and, hey, knock on the door, check on him. But she had a weird feeling because when she got home, Schneider's room was at the back of the house. And they had two great, I don't know if it was Great Dane or German Shepherd puppies in the backyard near a window next to his room that were sitting under his window pacing and whining. So she was like, no, thank you. I have a weird feeling. I don't want to open the door. So the doctor was like, alright, whatever. He goes, he knocks, he opens the door and immediately shuts it. Because he saw blood. Oh, from wall fuck. to wall. He called the police. The PI show- or No, he didn't call the police. This was one of the things that really fucked me up. Um, he called the PI back. The PI came. He was in that room for an hour and a half before he called the police. Doing fucking what? Nobody knows bitch nobody knows what he did in that room a lot of people think that he was just trying to make sure that there was nothing there that would get him in trouble i was gonna say yeah just trying to cover either his own ass or fucking i don't even know um when the police got there they were horrified um dorothy was found with her knees on the ground laying over the edge of the bed, she was shot in the face and she was purposely positioned that way. And they knew that because there were bloody handprints on her thighs. Like in a praying position. Um, no, she was face down on the bed, hands above her, like on the corner of the bed with her knees on the floor. Her hair was covering her face. Um, and actually, the, the cops said that when they initially saw her, it she didn't look like she had been hurt because her hair was draped over her face. But she had been shot point blank in the face with the shotgun. God damn. Um, Schneider was found on the floor next to her. He was laying on top of the shotgun. He had shot himself as well. Fucking bitch. They believe he only kept her alive for about an hour after she initially showed up um, and he did rape her and sodomize her. They don't know if that happened because it wasn't able to be determined whether or not it happened while she was alive or dead. But they did find a homemade sex chair in the room that had blood on it. Wow. Um, The PI actually called Hugh Hefner at 1201 and just in the early, early hours of the August 15th and let Hugh Hefner know that Dorothy was dead. And so was Paul Snyder. And that's all he would tell and he got off the phone. Um, Nobody told Peter, Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, it was actually one of the other castmates from the movie that ended up telling him. And... <laughs> Her family was devastated. Yeah. She was only 20 years old and she was just really naive and she trusted the wrong guy. One of the things that I truthfully don't like about Peter, um, he was older than Snyder was. What the fuck? He had just gotten out of a marriage because he cheated on his model wife with um, one of his other castmates from another movie and he actually cheated on that woman with Dorothy. He knew her family, and after Dorothy died, he became very close with her mom and sister, who Louise was only 14 at the time. But at the age of 20, Louise and Peter got married. Elise and Dorothy looked exactly the same, and he married her at the age that Dorothy was when she died. What the fuck? Uh, A lot of people criticized him for that. A lot of people criticized Hefner. Um, Peter came out with a book in 1983 called The Killing of a Unicorn. And in that book, he blamed Hefner for everything. He didn't blame himself for having an affair with this woman and setting her crazy husband off. Yeah, what the fuck? He blamed he blamed Hefner and the Playboy Mansion and the way that they handled things, which I, it had a part. I was to gonna do say, yeah, that had a part, but that was not what tipped him over the edge. No, what tipped him over the edge was her divorcing him for someone more powerful than and had more money yeah. than he did. He. he Peter moved Dorothy to a house in Bel-Air, which was literally Paul's dream. He told her that the whole time. He said, I'm going to move you to a house in Bel-Air. Peter moved her to a house in Bel-Air. Peter did everything that Paul promised he was going to do for Dorothy. And you know, you know, if those two, like, let's say, put this in scenario. Let's say that Dorothy and Peter were even just like somewhat, somewhat friends. And Dorothy's sitting there venting about, oh, you know, Paul is saying this, Paul is saying that, Paul is saying that. And Peter's like, bet, watch this. Here you go. Have it. Go ahead. Yep. I don't... I don't blame Dorothy for any of the choices that she made. No. Uh, I think it's, it's really tragic the way that she went. She... Had so much going for her. She was literally supposed to be in Charlie's Angels. That's insane. She was getting ready to be on Charlie's Angels. She was getting ready to write a book. She was getting ready to star as Marilyn Monroe as a main character playing Marilyn Monroe throughout her life because people literally compared her to Marilyn Monroe. And that's insane. So she passed away and the following April was when they all laughed no that following december i apologize was when they all laugh came out which was the last movie that she was in and usually when an actress dies before their movie comes out they're really popular they do really good it flopped it flopped really bad um there are people who really liked it i I haven't watched that movie yet but i do want to watch it um it's about a strangely enough it's about a man who hires a PI to hmm. find out if his wife is cheating on him, So it's and about the his woman life. falls falls in love with the PI. So it's it's basically his life. Basically, um, it did not do very well, but Quentin Tarantino liked it. That's a plus. So I think that I should watch it, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna watch it. I really liked Galaxina. I thought that movie was fucking hilarious. It was I a little sexist. I need to look it up. It was a little sexist, but it's fucking hilarious, dude. It really is. It's great. I want to watch it with Dakota, but I, th- cause I, I think he'd fucking like it. Like Space Cowboy. It's love fucking that. funny. Love that. Um, Steven questions all of my decisions on movies after, um, Oh my God. I can see the movie. Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love that movie. He questions all of my movie. Um, I, taste I actually think, Peter Bogdanovich worked on that movie. That's interesting. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think that that's one of the movies that he worked on. Once you get into Hollywood and you get into all of the Hollywood drama, you hear similar names. Like, I've heard Peter Schneider's name before. Paul I've, Schneider. Or Paul Schneider. You right? did it, too. Dude, yep. to their names are too fucking similar. Like, I've heard that name before, especially when it comes to... I think it was Playboy. Because, like, I can remember when I was younger... This was a huge case, dude. Yeah. This is definitely not, like, a low-profile case like no. I usually want to do. But this case very much so struck me. I wanted I wanted to cover it. I don't know what it was, dude. I just something about how awful this is and how it could have been avoided, man. Well, and it's not even could have been avoided. Like, bro, just grow up. Get your own fucking visa. That's what you're stressed about. You're going to be either kicked out or you have to get your own visa. So, I don't even think it was that. I think what it was was he thought that she was his meal ticket. Well, jealousy. He thought that he had it for the rest of forever. Yeah. He thought he was going to get some of the attention, but then Hugh Hefner didn't like him. Chippendales kicked him out, and everything that he tried to do failed. Nobody liked his fucking ideas. And it's not that he had bad ideas because he fucking came up with Chippendales, which is he really did come up with the idea of male strippers, but big fucking, but he was bad at execution. In my personal opinion, he must have been bad at execution because the ideas he had weren't bad, but he was a fucking asshole about it. He was controlling everyone in every fucking article. Like I said about Dorothy, how everyone always loved Dorothy. Everyone fucking hated Paul. Yeah, Everyone said he was controlling. Even his friends were like, yeah, he's kind of fucking a crazy asshole. But we never would have expected him to do this. And that's crazy that they never would have expected him to do this when they knew he was a fucking pimp. Everyone knew about this man. He was literally known as the Jewish pimp and... She was so starstruck by him that it took her life. And she had so much going for her. She, like I said, would have been 60 at this point and probably would have been in so many more movies. Yeah. She would have been in so many fucking more movies. Playboy was the start for her. That was. (laughs) (laughs) You bitch. Fuck you guys. (laughs) That was really the just like the stepping stone for her Ooh, and yeah. she had so much more ahead of her and it's really sad that it got taken away from her at such I'm a young jealousy. age. She was only 20, dude. 20 years old. I remember being 20. It wasn't that long ago, but like the stretch from being 17 to 20 to 20 to 23 or 20 fucking 6 You're a completely like completely different human. You change so much. Yeah. And it's sad that she never got the opportunity to keep growing. Um, I did want to give you guys like a list of TV shows and books and articles that you can go read on this. I, like I said, did a bunch of fucking research. Some of it I don't have all in here, but I did like the most important ones. Um, the books that I personally read was The Killing of the Unicorn, Dorothy Stratton by Peter Bogdanovich. It was a very much so... I'm gonna help me. This is how I'm gonna make myself look better in the situation book. Poor, but it did have a lot of information in it. Yeah. Um, and then the murder of Dorothy Stratton by Ruth Canton, and death of a playmate by Teresa Carpenter. Those are fucking amazing, amazing articles. Read them, please. Um, movies that I watched were Star Eighty. Um that movie is about her. It was actually called Star 80 because in the very beginning of 1980 when Paul and her were still they were kind of rocky but he was still convinced that they were together forever. He went and got custom license plates with her money for the <laughs> car that she bought for him that said Star 80 on it because he was convinced that she was going to be a star, the star of the 80s. Um so it's called it's called Star 80s. It's directed by Bob Fosse. Fosse? Fosse. F O S S E, and then also Death of a Centerfold. Um, that one's really good. TV shows, Welcome to Chippendales, which I mentioned earlier. It's about the startup of Chippendales, and it, it it's not about Dorothy and Paul, <clears throat> but it has them in it. It mentions in them. it. It's not accurate to the death scene. It is not accurate to how... What leads up to her murder. Mm -hmm. The murder-suicide. But it is very accurate to how controlling he was. Interesting. So spot on to how controlling of a person he was over her. So... And it's actually... I want to look into that. Because that's very interesting. We could talk about Chip Chippendales in a whole other episode, dude. Shit's fucking wild. Especially the owner... The one that started it, like, he did some crazy, wild fucking shit, dude. Like, he the, he killed himself so that his wife and child wouldn't lose all their estate because he was going to prison. Damn. Like, it's a fucking crazy story. Um, welcome to Chippendales. It's really good if you want to see something about Chippendales, but it does show you the controlling aspect of Dorothy and Snyder's relationship. Um, but also, Secrets of Playboy, like I mentioned earlier. Um, like I said, it only has a small part about Dorothy in it, but there's a lot of information about her. Um, but that's also just, it's a lot about the Playboy Mansion, uh, how yeah, awful both Hefner was. On other and it, they have a lot of bunnies who lived through it telling their stories. Yeah. And they're fucking sad. Oh, they're so fucking sad. So, I I do recommend going and watching those. But I also wanted to, like, give you guys a list of her movies. So, let me find my little list. It's very interesting to me that... I don't know. The Chippendales thing is interesting, but it's crazy. I guess it's not as crazy as I thought it would be for the controlling aspect of the playboy mansion yeah that's that that doesn't surprise me but that's because i can remember watching i can remember watching a fucking tv show that they were filming at the the one with the one with paris hilton I don't remember if it was the one with Paris Hilton or not. My stepdad was really into reality TV shows when I was younger. I love reality. And TV. it was it's one of that. the reality TV shows at the Playboy Mansion. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that they actually bring that up in Secrets of, um, the play, the Secrets of the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, they bring up that show. Um, some of the movies that she was in, like I said, Galaxina, it's fucking funny. I don't care what anybody says. Um, they All Laughed, which was the last movie that she was in. It was released in 1981, the year after that she passed away. Um, Americathon, which <laughs> I didn't watch. And she was also on Fantasy Island. Interesting. On it, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then some more movies about her, um, Death of Death of a Centifold, Buck Rogers in the 21st Centuries, and Hollywood Homicide Undiscovered, has also Covered some stuff about her. Very um, interesting. I've I just I really got interested in this story. Uh, I hope you thought I did a good job. I did. It was a really good job. Very I interesting. I haven't deep dived on a on like a topic like that in a while. So I was like, let's let's do a Hollywood crazy love triangle fucking deep dive for this. It episode. reminds me of like Kurt Cobain kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally understand that. Hollywood's crazy. Hollywood's nuts. I definitely want to do some more Hollywood starlet crazy you. crew crime type shit. Crew crime, huh? Crew crime. <laughs> True <laughs> crime type shit. I cannot fucking talk tonight. I think I need to go to bed. I feel that. I'm right there with you, buddy. I spent $91 on Taco Bell today. That's amazing. That is fucking psychotic. I love it. It like we have a problem. We do have a problem. It was a birthday party. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. My little (laughs) sister was like, can we have Taco Bell for my birthday party? And I was like, bitch, do you know how expensive that's going to be? I went and donated blood plasma so that the Illuminati paid for my fucking Taco Bell tonight. Fuck yeah. Love that. Well, buddy. uh, You guys can find us on our socials. You know where to find us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I promise on my next day off i'm gonna get all updated on the facebook posts i will post all of them i swear to fucking god my life's been crazy i've been getting sick but i will fucking get all the i'll get that shit updated uh, yeah my last week couple weeks have been fucking nuts so next week when i have a week off from school uh. i can try to catch up on shit <laughs> we're getting shit together for you guys but hey we've been posting consistent episodes for y'all so like our social consistent episodes like planned absolutely oh you guys are gonna be so fucking excited should we give them a little a little bit of uh hints or should we just like say it our next episode's gonna be so fun it's an interview and we're gonna make fun of him and he's gonna make fun of coda (laughs) he's gonna roast my asshole it's gonna it's gonna be so fucking funny yeah we can say it we are gonna bring my little brother little big brother mike or little mike on the show i was gonna say don't you dare fucking I'll say was go- i'm not going to. he goes I refuse. by refuse. he mm-hmm. goes by saint michael now and i fucking refuse to call him that but i know that that's his thing that's really i love you line. so much i get it i love you too but saint I michael get it. you are no saint bitch we have done coke way too many times right off the stripper's ass crack <laughs> So, Don't tell me you're a saint. Yeah, I love you so much but damn, bro. We're so excited to have Muckle on. Yes. It's going to be fun. I hope you guys are ready. We're going to have some posts on socials to remind you guys about it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um thank you so much. Thank you so much for the 300 plays. Fuck yeah, we hit 300 plays. What's up, bitches? I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. Fuck yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We enjoy it. We're having fun with it. And we're ready for whatever comes in the future. Fuck yeah. All right. Have a good night. Later.